All right, all right. Acts chapter number twenty-eight. Let's take just a moment. Let's take just a moment and uh, and 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 turn around and greet your neighbor. Just wave at him. Remember, we don't we ain't shaking no hands. Just greet him, wave at him, let them know you're glad they're here. Do a little welcome and fellowship there. Okay. All right. <clears throat> all right. How many of y'all are glad to be saved? All right. Let's try that again. How many of y'all are glad to be saved? All right. Here's what we're going to find. We're going to really, uh, Acts chapter number 28 is, is broke up into two parts or two places, if you will. Uh, the island of Malta and, and when Paul gets to Rome. And so those are the, those are the two categories we're going to look at today. In the middle is him traveling. And so we're just going to, we're just going to breeze through them and get to the two places he ends up in Acts 28. Now, if you were here last week, you'll remember he got himself in a mess. Say amen. Not necessarily because of his own fault, but because of the decisions of somebody else. Uh, the choices and the decisions somebody else made put him in a storm. And this storm was catastrophic to the ship and to the, uh, the cargo of the ship. But God delivered his people. Say amen. And, and so now here's where we at. After the, the climactic shipwreck, we find Paul here on this island. Uh, they have no idea where they're at. All they know is they've been in a storm for 14 weeks. They've been in the Eurachlodon for 14 weeks. And, and here they are shipwrecked on an island. And that's where we find ourselves tonight in Acts chapter number 28. So if you're ready to get started, say amen. amen. All right, let's look in verse number one. Verse number one, Acts 28. In verse number one, and when they were escaped, then they knew that, or excuse me, then they knew that the island was called Melita, or we know it's the island of Malta, and the barbarous people showed us no little kindness, for they kindled a fire and received us every one because of the present rain and because of the cold. Remember, it's in November when this took place. And when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire, there came a viper out of the heat. And fastened on his hand. And when the barbarians saw the venomous beast hang on his hand, they said among themselves, No doubt, no doubt, this man is a murderer, whom though he hath escaped the sea, yet vengeance suffereth not to live. He shook off the beast into the fire and felt no harm. Say amen. Amen. Howbeit they looked when he should have swollen or fallen down dead suddenly. But after that, he had looked, or uh, they had looked a great while and saw no harm come to him. Now, 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 what did they say first? He's a murderer. He's a murderer. He's a devil. He said they changed their minds and said he was a. Oh boy, aren't people fickle? They're just fickle. All right. In the same quarters were possessions of the chief man of the island, whose name was Publius who received us and lodged us three days courteously. And it came to pass that the father Publius lay sick of a fever and of a bloody flux, which he had dysentery, and to whom Paul entered in and prayed and laid his hands on him and healed him. So when this was done, others also which had diseases in the island came and were healed, who also honored us with many honors. And when we departed, they laded us with such things as were necessary. So we're, we're just going to stop there and read him, pray. And then, uh, 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 if you can get those pictures, if you can get those pictures ready, maybe we'll, we'll look at them for just a second. All right, let's pray. Dear heavenly father, Lord, I thank you for your blessings and your mercy. Thank you for the privilege and the honor it is to serve you. Uh, Lord, I love you with all of my heart and I thank you for the truth that you've given us tonight. I thank you for the people that's here tonight. Uh, Lord, I thank you for the people that are watching online tonight. And God, I pray that your perfect will be done. Give us something that's going to help us and encourage us and lift us up. Uh, Lord, I pray that you will have your way. Use your word to edify your people and strengthen your people. And God, I praise you and I glorify you and I worship you and I love you. Thank you so much for being so good to us, Lord. Thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you for your mercy. Uh, Lord, it seems like even in the trials, you show up and show mercy. And God, I, I just praise you for that. And Lord, we'll thank you for all that you do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. Let me show you a picture. Uh, uh, were, were you able to get that other one too? Uh, uh, this, is, this is an anchor that was found uh, off the beach of Malta. All right, in, in this exact place that's described uh, by Luke here 
in the book of Acts. Uh, they found evidence of shipwreck, and not just any shipwreck, but a very, very large ship that should not have been there. The way the, the, way the, the diver described it would be like finding a tanker, uh, an oil tanker off the beach of Malta when they don't have oil refineries. That's how odd it would have been for this type of ship to be here. They found inscriptions on the anchor that proved that it was an Egyptian ship. Somebody say amen. There's a great possibility that this was, and, and it's almost without a doubt, uh, one of the anchors that was, was put down for Paul's shipwreck. There's just too many coincidences that's there. And they got another picture, I think, when they, when they were bringing it up. Uh, uh, and, that, and this is massive. I mean, I don't think you understand how, how big this is, but this is massive and proves that the ship Paul was on was huge, huge, huge ship. And so, uh, this really doesn't have nothing to do with the lesson tonight, but it was really cool. So I put it there <laughs> and all God's people say it. Now here's, here's what we're looking at. Paul is in a shipwreck. Over and over and over again, and even leading into this particular, this particular lesson, we find Paul gets into one mess after another, one struggle after another, one, one, one fight after another, one trial after another. But if you've noticed and if you've read, it seems like after every trial or in every trial, God always ends up showing some kind of blessing, some kind of mercy, uh, uh, some kind of goodness, some kind of kindness. Here we, here we find, here we find them in a shipwreck. I mean, I don't know what you can, I don't know what you can find good out of a shipwreck. You know, you just look at this, but the Bible says they were all rescued, every single one. They did not lose a single person, all on broken pieces of the ship. Now, if it had been my choice, I'd have kept the ship together. Are y'all with me? But God don't operate like we operate. Matter of fact, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even been in the storm to begin with, you know? But so why is God allowing these things? Why is God allowing these things? Maybe what we read in chapter 28 will help us understand chapter 27. It says that right after this, every single person, every single person. Now listen, and this is, this is really a continuation of last week, but let's, let's look at the, uh, the last, um, 44, 44, 27, 44. When you get there, say amen. And the rest, and the rest, in other words, those that could swim, he said, go. And the rest, some own, and some own broken pieces of the ship. Now, God disintegrated the ship because all of them needed a piece of it to get to shore. Are y'all seeing this? God knows what he's doing. Even in a shipwreck, God is showing mercy. Everybody found what they needed to deliver and get to shore and find the shore safely. Now look what happens when they get to shore. Now keep in mind, keep in mind, they've been in the, they've been in this storm 14 weeks. It's in, it's in the, toward the winter time. It's cold. It's rainy. Uh, they're really not sure where they are till they get to shore. And so once they get to shore, we find ourselves in, in chapter 28. And when they were escaped, then they knew that the island was called Melita or Malta. And the barbarous, and the word barbarous there, you know, usually when you see the word barbarous, you think barbarian, like a, a, a bad person or, or a, 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 a ferocious person, uh, something like that. But that's not. It was just used for anybody that didn't speak Greek. All right. So it just meant a foreigner or a stranger. And, and so, so we see we're, we're on an island with strangers. If that makes sense, say amen. They showed us no little kindness. In other words, they were very kind and hospitable. For they kindled a fire and received us, everyone, because of the present rain and because of the cold. Now, this is what I'm seeing. This is what I'm trying to say. Even after a shipwreck, even after a tragic event, a shocking event, a fearful event, I mean, they're thinking they're going to die. The ship has busted up. They're in, in cold water. They're, 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 they're probably struggling a little bit with hypothermia. And, and, and so they're, they're fearing that they're going to die. So this is a bad situation, but yet God shows them mercy. And the, and the place they could have landed could have been a place where they were ferocious people. They could have been cannibals, you know? I mean, they could have been in, a, in an island that, that were, that, that took them as slaves or, or could have ate them. I mean, as far as that goes. But what happened? God showed mercy. And there was kindness and they built a fire to, to give them warmth in the storm. Are y'all following me so far? Now, 
Watch what happens. Watch what happens. We see in verse number three. And when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire, there came a viper out of the heat and fastened on his hand. When I was a little kid, I heard Brother Rufus Edmonston preach a message. Uh, when, when, when the fire burns, snakes crawl. When the fire burns, snakes crawl. What does that mean? When, when, when God is blessing, uh, I, I, I'll, quote, I'll quote your Auburn quarterback, when God is blessing, the devil be messing. Amen? When you start doing ministry, what is Paul doing? He's serving others. He's being a blessing to others. He's being a servant, a humble servant to others, and, and he is being attacked. So this is what I want to do. Let's talk about the island. Let's talk about Malta. First, I want you to see this. If you're taking notes, write this down. Now, now keep in mind, keep in mind, usually when we're addressing the life of the Apostle Paul, uh, we're wanting to be like him. If there was anybody in the Bible that we would want to emulate or, or to be our example, besides Jesus, obviously, and Jesus was his example, but we would want to be like the Apostle Paul. How many of y'all would agree with that? We want, to, we want to have faith like the Apostle Paul. We want to minister like the Apostle Paul. Man, we want to win souls like the Apostle Paul. We want to be strong and fearless like the Apostle Paul. And so let's, let's connect what he does and what he faces to what we will do and what we will face. If that makes sense, amen. All right? So what happens when he gets on this island? It's a friendly island. It's, a, it's an island that has God's mercy on it and, and, and the Lord's mercy. So it almost seems like it almost seems like we have we come out of this we've come out of this fight we've come out of this trial and it seems like we can they're, they're, there's nice people they, they're showing hospitality they're being good to us and we can go right and then a snake bites him not just any snake but a viper. Now, what, what, am, what am I taking out of this? You really can't take a break in the ministry. I remember, I remember just a few weeks ago, I remember just a few weeks ago when we were able to announce, we're having church again. I can see faces again. And I was almost, seriously, I, I, hate, to, I hate to admit this because I feel like a little school kid, but I, I was almost giddy to be able to see faces again. I was so excited, and it was almost like, whew. now look at us. I mean, you're still here, but I don't know for how long. You know, this thing is ramping up again. It seems like, it just seems like, it seems like the devil attacks all the time, and it's real. I mean, it, it, it's just people are getting it like crazy, and not just that, not just that, just every other thing going on. So, so here's, here's what you need to understand. If you're coming out of an attack, you better be ready for an attack. We were we were reading, we were reading this week uh, in in staff meeting uh, on in our Bible study about Jesus being tempted in the wilderness, and 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 one significant thing that we saw, one significant part of the verse that we saw that the Bible says the devil departed from him, which was a hallelujah. And that's what we want to see, you know, rebuke the devil and he'll flee from you. We want the devil to depart from us, leave us alone. And man, that was great, but something else was tagged on the end of that. He departed from him for a season. In other words, not long. Not long. And the reason I'm telling you this is because if you've just come out of something, you feel like, whoo, I can throw it in neutral now and I can just cruise and take it easy because it, no, 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 it don't work that way. It don't work that way. Not, not if you're going to be like the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul is the only one named. He's the only one named that's serving. Did you notice that? Now, I don't know. I don't know. There may have been others in the shipwreck that were serving too, but it doesn't say that and it doesn't name that. But it does name the Apostle Paul. Now, there are, there are some dangerous attacks here that I want you to see. All right. I want you to see uh, that we've got to be careful of in ministry. First, first, I want you to write this down. First, we see there are poisonous critters. <clears throat> now, I had to use that word for the sake of alliteration, but you'll get my point. A critter is a beast. It's an animal. We know it was a snake. All right. Now, what did the snake represent in the Bible? Come on, listen. Satan. Right. If you're serving, 
if you're serving, you're going to be attacked by Satan. Okay? You're going to be attacked. You might as well just put it in your head and understand he will attack you. Who did he attack? The one building the fire. When did he attack? The Bible says he came out of the what? The heat. The heat. The fire. That'll work. But the heat. What does the fire produce? What are they needing? Because it was cold. Are y'all with me? In other words, when you begin to make a difference, when what you are doing is contributing to the welfare of others, when what you are doing is contributing to the, the ministry and contributing to the kingdom of God and, and to the body of Christ, when, when, in other words, when what you are doing begins to make a difference, you better look out. You better watch it because he's coming. The viper will raise his head every time and he will always attack the one that's helping build the fire. He usually doesn't bother the one sitting around getting warmed. I'll let y'all read into that however you want to. But you let somebody stand up and say, I'm, going, I'm not just going to sit here. I'm going to help and warm others. He's going to attack you. And watch this. Watch this. I mean, it's not in your nose, but let's just roll with it, all right? Where did he latch on to? The very thing he was using to serve. The very thing he was using to serve. Are y'all with me? Say amen. So what can we expect in ministry? You can expect to be attacked. You can expect storms. You can expect shipwrecks. You can expect suffering. You can expect difficulty. And you can expect critters to attack you. Poisonous. Poisonous. Satan will attack you. You. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Now watch. What else do we got to look out for? What else do we got to look out for? Look what it says. It says in verse number, verse number four. All right. So we have Paul just trying to be a blessing, just trying to serve. And and, and by the way, too, this is really cool. This is really cool. Uh, Paul, uh, he's the hero. I mean, because they listened to Paul, they all were delivered and saved. They all had, they were all rescued for the benefit of Paul. If there was anybody, if there was anybody that should have been able to kick back and let them worry about the fire and keep him warm, it was Apostle Paul. But what was he doing? Come on. He was the leader, but he was serving. We can take a lot from that. Amen. But with that, he's attacked. But then look what this says in verse, verse number four. And when the barbarians saw the venomous beast hang on his hand, they said among themselves, no doubt this man is a murderer whom though he has escaped the sea, yet vengeance suffereth not to live. In other words, they're saying, well, it got him anyway. In other words, you're going to reap what you sow. He had it coming. He may have thought he got out of it, but it caught up with him. Surely he's a wicked man. What is the next, next thing we're going to have to deal with if you're serving and you're making a difference and you are, you are, you are being effective in the body of Christ? Well, poisonous critters, that's Satan. Then you have poisonous criticism. Poisonous criticism. Please understand what I'm saying. Do these people even know Paul? But it sure don't stop them saying something about him. Now, if you can't handle some criticism, the ministry is not the place to be. One of my buddies, one of my buddies posted, uh, posted just a little, kind of like a little diatribe of statements from church people. And, uh, and I really wanted to post it bad, but I've gotten on y'all so much about it, I can't do it. <clears throat> and in the post, and in the post it says, one church member says, I can't believe you're shutting down church and having no faith. And the other church member says, I can't believe you're keeping church open and not thinking about other people's lives. I can't believe you're not Making people wear a mask. What are you thinking? I can't believe you're trying to force a mask. This is America. 
And it had like 10 or 12 or 13. And at the bottom, it's the preacher talking to God and saying, God, are you sure I ain't supposed to be an electrician? (laughs) Now, you got to laugh to keep from crying. Because if you've never been in that spot, you have no clue what I'm talking about. I mean, it goes from, it goes from, it's too cold in here, it's too hot in here, the music's too loud, it's too soft, you just this and this, this, that, and you just, it's criticism all the time. And, and, and it's amazing to people that feel like they, they have a voice to be able to criticize. And, and I, I, I want to tell people, look, man, I don't come to your shop and tell you how to build a 350 small block. Because I don't know how. I'm not going to go to the doctor's office and try to diagnose a disease. I, I'm not, I, I, listen, it just, let's stay in our lane, folks. But be careful of criticism. Be careful of criticism. Now, what did Paul do? What did Paul do? The very next verse. What did he do to the snake? Say it again. Say it again. What do we do with the devil? What do we do with criticism? Shake it off. That just sounds good, don't it? They said this about me. Just shake it off. Shake it off. Watch this. Nothing happens. Paul's, Paul's okay. Paul's not, he's not threatened a bit. You say, why isn't he, why isn't he afraid he's going to die? Because God done told him he's going to see Rome and he's on an island. He ain't at Rome yet. Right? He's not worried a bit. Nothing happens. And the people say, oh my goodness, this is a, this is a viper. This is a very poisonous snake. And, 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 and he didn't die. He's not a devil. He must be a. Okay, there's something else in the ministry that's poisonous. That's compliments. Go ahead and write that down. Yeah, yeah. I know we all like them, but they're poisonous. Coach Saban said it's rat poison. Don't believe what people are saying about you. Because you ain't as good as what they're saying. But good thing is, you're not as bad as what they're saying. Are y'all with me? Now, I know what some of you think. Why? Why would he say that? Everybody could use a compliment. And we can. And we can. I love compliments. I love encouragements. Man, I got one of the coolest little letters, notes sent about... Uh, somebody that, that since the pandemic has watched our services because their, their small church didn't have the, the technology that we have. And, and so they've been tuning into us and it's just really helped them and encouraged them. And, and man, that fired me up. That's great. But do you realize, do you realize that, 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 that an overabundance, an overabundance of that to the point that we start believing what they're saying is detrimental to the ministry? So much to the point, so much to the point that Paul uh, uh, was given a thorn in the flesh to keep him humble because pride is such a devastating thing. It's such a devastating thing. I can't tell you, I can't tell you, you, the young preachers that that have have come out of school and and come through ministry and, 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 and if I started naming names, Brother Travis would know most of them, and he probably knows more than I, that, that, that man had so much potential, and, and God could have used them in an incredible way, and people started bragging on them and talking about him and just saying, hey, you're this and you're that, and they started believing it. And now they're no longer even in the ministry. Some are even, some are even not even alive. We got to be careful. We got to be careful. They're, they're, I mean... We, we've had, you know, they have the best of the best things that they vote on and, and, and they've brought their certificate said, your church has voted the best of the best. I said, put it in a drawer. Just put it in a drawer. Put it, put it somewhere. Put it in a drawer. I said, man, we, we don't even need to think that way. We don't even think that way. We, we, need, to, we need to understand that whatever we are, it's because of God. And there's nothing good in us. And, and, and listen, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying this because I, I need y'all to humble me. God is well aware and able to do that, okay? But all I'm saying is this. Let's be careful because compliments can be just as dangerous as criticism. And don't 
put too much credence in either one. Because it's like I said, you're not as good as what they say, but you're not as bad as what they say. Don't listen to the critics. Now, let me do, I, I will say this though, when, it's, when it comes to critics and criticism, I never discount it right away. I never discount it right away. I, I read somewhere that says, never take, never worry about criticism from someone you wouldn't take advice from. And I don't, I don't necessarily, I don't necessarily agree with that, uh, because, you know, a, a blind hog will find a nut every now and then. Are y'all with me? And you can learn something from anybody. And there are sometimes, the first thing I do, is there any reality to what they're saying? Is there any reality to what they're saying? Because sometimes God allows people to come, even if they don't mean it right, God means it well, and God will use irritating people to sandpaper you down and smooth you off. Because some of us have some rough edges. I need a witness. And so the first thing we need to do, is there any reality to what they're saying? And if there is some reality, that might give us an opportunity to adjust to be better. Are y'all with me? But then when it's just someone that's got a grudge or someone that's just disgrudge, whatever that might be, just shake it off. Shake it off. Shake off the compliments, shake off the criticism, and just keep picking up sticks. And all God's people say it. Listen, we find uh, uh, number or B, letter B. We find in this in this island we find dangerous attacks. Say that with me. We find dangerous attacks. Then B, we see determined assistance. This Paul never slowed up, guys. Never slowed up. It didn't matter if he was in jail. It didn't matter if he was in a shipwreck. It doesn't matter if he's being criticized, misunderstood. He's serving. He's serving. He goes into uh, Publius is, is most likely uh, the Roman governor of the island. Very wealthy person. If you can put up 270 something or whatever the number was uh, uh, people for three days in your house, you wealthy. Say amen. And so here he goes and he's, he's being uh, showing hospitality to Paul and his people. And he finds an issue. His father is sick. He's got dysentery. Uh, some scholars believe that there is a, a, a bacteria in the, in the goat milk that was on that island that would cause these issues, gastro, uh, uh, help me, help me ladies, gastro, gastrointestinal, does that say it right? Stomach problems, people. <laughs> GI, is that what you say? GI problem. I, I like that one better. Amen. All right. He had, he had some issues. Are y'all with me? And, and Paul heals him. Paul heals him. He prays. So they know it's coming from God and he laid hands on him and healed him. And when they saw that, when they saw that, look what it says, verse nine. So when this was done, others also, which had diseases in the island came and were, they were healed. Now let's look what, let's look what happens. Now let's keep in mind, let's keep in mind what God uses miracles for. Now let's remember, let's remember God always has a purpose for a miracle, right? I mean, if you've been in the act study any amount of time, you all know that from the very beginning of time, God only did supernatural miracles in three different periods of time. Remember, uh, 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 Moses, Moses and Joshua, Elijah and Elijah and Jesus and the, and the apostles. Right. And, and so what was the purpose behind every supernatural miracle to authenticate the message of the messenger? So what do we know? It's not recorded here. It's not recorded here. We say, how do you know it's there then? How do you know this is what happened? Because of all the rest of the Bible. Because everywhere Paul showed up, he preached the gospel. Are y'all with me? And we know a church was founded here. And most likely, most scholars believe that Publius ended up being the pastor of the, the, the congregation here on this island. And they begin to share and give generously to the ministry of Paul that we're going to see here in just a moment. So I believe with all of my heart, uh, he began to perform miracles and these miracles so that he could stand up and say, let me tell you about the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the son of God. He came to this earth. He became a man. He incarnated as a man. He died on the cross on the third day. He rose again and he will deliver you of your sins. Somebody say amen. For whosoever shall call upon the Lord shall be saved. Amen. I believe he preached the gospel. Now, 
Here's, 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 we're going to, I pray that we have time to get to the end of this. We got to get to the end of this. Whatever we got to do, we got to get to the end of this. But we're going to see why these things are happening now. All right. If that ship would have never got in that storm, it would have already been in Rome or toward close to Rome. Are y'all with me? Or at least in, in a different uh, haven and staying in a different place. But because of a shipwreck, well, because of a storm, because of a shipwreck, because of a viper bite that God delivered. Are y'all with me? All of these bad things led to people getting saved. Are y'all with me? Now, now, so what happens? So what happens? We see Paul keeps on serving. He keeps on blessing. He keeps on ministering. People are getting healed. I believe people are getting saved. Look what it says. Look, look what it says in the next verse here. It says in verse number, verse number 10. In eight and nine, Paul assisted the people. And in verse 10, look what it says. Who also honored us with many honors. And when we departed, they laded us with such things as were necessary. What they do, they became generous. They showed generosity. So Paul assisted the people. And then what do people do? The people assisted Paul. You know what I've learned in ministry? You will find that if you love others, others will love you. If you are a genuine servant, people will help meet your needs. I've seen it over and over and over again. And I believe with all of my heart, we have an established church. Because you got you to know, they had to, they had to stay here for three months. I mean, they had to endure the winter out in this place because it was the, the traveling was too, too dangerous to go anywhere. And so what do you think Paul's doing for three months? That's right. He's preaching the gospel. He's establishing. He's edifying. He's finding leaders. He's putting people in position. He's getting, what's he doing? He's organizing church. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Now, all because, all because somebody made a bad decision. All because he found himself in a storm. That storm brought him to a shipwreck. That shipwreck made him have to swim to sea. He ends up getting bit by a viper, but yet God is glorified. What they meant for evil, help me. Are y'all with me? You seeing this? Here's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to say this over and over again. So by the time we get to the end, I'm going to just go ahead and tell you what the last point is. It's an enlightenment. It's an enlightenment. Don't write it down yet. We're going to start seeing things in a different way. We're going to start seeing our difficulties in a different way. We're going to start seeing the attacks that come against us in a different way. We're going to start seeing our chains. You see, this whole time Paul is chained. Did you get that? This whole time Paul is chained. He's going to spend two more years in Rome, incarcerated, chained to a soldier. Sometimes we think we're chained to our jobs or chained to our health. We're chained to our situations. We're chained to our problems. Some of you stay-at-home moms, you're chained to them children. But you're going to find out something that Paul found out at the end. And I'm getting ahead of myself because I really want to get there. (laughs) Why don't we just get out of this island and go to Rome? How about it? All right, let's look in. Let's look in verse 15. This is so good. And from thence, when the brethren heard of us, now Paul is traveling. Paul is traveling from verse 11 to verse 15. He gets close to Rome. It says, and from thence, when the brethren heard of us, in other words, these are believers in Rome. These are Christians that's already in Rome. They hear that Paul's coming. It says, they came to meet us as far as Apiforum. Apiforum. Now, now, this was an ancient post station about 43 miles southwest of Rome. And so they meet up with Paul there. And then another group at the three taverns, whom when Paul saw, 
He thanked God and took courage. So here's, here's what I want you to write down. All right, in Rome, in, in Malta, we find dangerous attacks and determined assistance. How many of y'all got that? Y'all wrote that down. That's good. All right, now, uh, in Rome, first thing we see, A, we see the encouragement that Paul got. The encouragement. Keep in mind, he had been incarcerated for about two years, right? He'd been incarcerated for about two years uh, in, in Caesarea. Uh, they couldn't find no, no resolution to the problem. Uh, the Roman governors were finding him not guilty and they wanted to let him go, but the Jewish people didn't want it and they were trying to keep in good with the Jewish people, so they kept him incarcerated. He saw that he wasn't going to get anywhere with them, so he appealed to Caesar. And now he's, he's in this, this ship voyage. And, 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 and he has been in a storm for two weeks uh, that he, they told him not to get into to begin with. They didn't listen to him. So they're in a the shipwreck. His fourth, by the way, his fourth shipwreck, uh, several months on this island. And now he's finally getting to Rome, the place he's wanting to go to to begin with. And, and this is what happens. A bunch of Christians hear that he's on the way. And they come to meet him. You can put this. I, I tried to figure out a way, uh, Brother Dewan, to alliterate it with welcome party. I want to use welcome party so bad, but it just it didn't work. I, if y'all understood how much I burn up a thesaurus trying to give y'all one stinking outline. Amen. It's unbelievable. But, but there was a welcome party. They were excited to see Paul. And apparently, according to this verse, Paul was excited to see them. Man, he was so happy to see other believers. Now, we can learn a lot from that, guys. I, I, can, I can totally, totally relate. I can totally relate. I, I'll be honest with you guys. I, I've, 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 I've matured a lot. And in, in, in just this whole pandemic garbage is, 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 is really, I don't know, changed my way of thinking. Just mature, whatever you want to I don't know, whatever you want to call it. Change or grow. Uh, uh, I used to get real disappointed if there wasn't a crowd. I really did. I mean, I, I, I don't know if that's just a preacher thing. Everybody, you know, uh, the preacher is the only person in the building that likes to be crowded. Because he don't have to sit with them. You ever notice? Now, look, look, we like our space, don't we? We like our space. We like that. So that's not really an issue there. But when I, when I, it's just, and every preacher I know is the same way. Man, we want to see a crowd. We want a full building. We want it. And it used to, but you know what? Now it's different. I don't care. I don't care if it's 10 in here. I'm going to look at y'all. And I'm going to appreciate everyone that's here. It doesn't matter if there, it doesn't matter if there's 1400 in every seat or if there's 14. Man, I'm going to thank God you're here. Amen? Because I get to see you. And we get to talk. And I never realized how important face-to-face -face fellowship really was. And, and, and people, people use this, these excuses. Well, I don't really need that. I, I'll, just, I'll, just, I'll just worship from my recliner. And, and, and I, I don't really need to see anybody or talk to anybody. You have no idea what you're talking about. This is so important. What, let's just read it. Now, let me say this before somebody gets bad, shuts off the internet. If you have to stay home for health issues and all that, please do that. I'm all for that. I'm not against that. I promise you this. I'm not, if you have health issues and, and, and this, I'm not saying that. But I am saying this. We need each other. And as soon as you can get to where you can fellowship with other believers, you need to fellowship with other believers. So how do you know that's so important? Because God said, don't forsake it. Are y'all with me? Now watch, watch what happens. Watch what happens. Look what Paul says. Look, excuse me, look what Luke says about it. And from thence, when the brethren heard of us, they came to meet us as far. In other words, they walked 43 miles. They could have just waited till Paul got there. But they wanted to be a blessing to Paul and they were so encouraged to see Paul. They walked 43 miles. And then another group at the three taverns, which was closer in. And when Paul saw, everybody say it with me, he thanked God and 
Okay, all three of you got a Bible in the house. Is it up here on the wall? Okay. Let's try this again. All right. Whom, when Paul saw, say it with me, he. You know what that means? It blessed him. He was encouraged. What encouraged him? It didn't say they brought an offering. It didn't say they brought a gift. They just met him. They were just there. What does that mean? We don't even really have to. We don't even really have to do for each other or give to each other. Just be for each other. And when he saw it, boy, he's tickled to death. Tickled to death. Encouraged the fire out of him. Now keep in mind what he'd been through. Keep in mind what his last couple years of his ministry had been like. And to see these folks coming out, it encouraged him. But then look at this. B. We see the explanation Paul gave when he got there. The explanation Paul gave when he got there. Here, here's, here, this, this is really important. He starts in verse 17. He gathers, he gathers the, the, the leaders of the Jews there. Now keep in mind, keep in mind, all you that's been here a while, every time, every time he went to a new city, where'd he go first? The synagogue. Who'd he always talk to first? The, what kind of people? The Jewish people. His, 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 his people, right? To the Jew first and also to the Greek, right? So he's calling out, giving them an opportunity. God's chosen people. All right, now, so he stays with that same pattern. And it says in verse 17, And it came to pass that after three days, Paul called the chief of the Jews together. And when they were come together, he said unto them, Men and brethren, though I have committed nothing against the people or customs of our fathers, yet was I delivered prisoner from Jerusalem into the hands of the Romans who when they had examined me would have let me go because there was no cause of death in me. But when the Jews spake against it, I was constrained to appeal unto Caesar. Not that I had ought to accuse my nation of, for this cause therefore uh, have I called for you to see you and to speak with you because that for the hope of Israel, I am bound with this, what? So the first thing we see an explanation of circumstances. An explanation of circumstances. What does Paul do? He explains to them why he's there and how he is there. All right? If you see somebody coming in chains into Coleman, what are you automatically going to think? They're a criminal. All right? They're a criminal. They've done something wrong. They're a bad person. All right? So Paul comes into, Paul comes in to Rome and he's chained to a Roman soldier, right? And so he's, he wants to explain to them right away. He says, let me tell you, let me tell you what's going on. And, and isn't it amazing how he explained it? He, he was very delicate to help them understand that, that look, I'm not accusing our nation. I don't have a, I don't have an ax to grind with the Jewish people. That, this is, this is, this is not what it is. I'm just telling you, I had to appeal to Caesar because they found me innocent, but they would not let it go. Are y'all, y'all seeing that? And so he's explaining why he's there. Let me tell you why I'm here. Uh, for the hope of Israel. What is the hope of Israel? The Messiah. The Messiah. And so they know he's a Christian. But the problem is, the problem is, is they haven't heard about Paul. They haven't heard about the accusations. They haven't heard. Because you got to remember that Paul left. Paul left on one of the last ships out for the winter. And okay, and he was one of the first ships to come in, you know, after the winter was over. So there was not word from Caesarea or word from uh, Jerusalem of the accusations against him. So they didn't know anything that was going on. If that makes sense, say amen. And so they say, well, we don't, we don't, we really haven't heard anything. We haven't heard any accusation against you. But when he talked, he started talking about Christ. They said, now we, we know about that. We, we've heard. We've heard about that sect, S-E-C-T, or cult, or movement, or religion. So they wanted to know about that. Look what it says. Look what it says. In verse number 21, and it says, And when they said unto him, 
We neither received letters out of Judea concerning thee, neither any of the brethren that came showed or spake any harm of thee. But we desire to hear of thee what thou thinkest. That is the dream of every preacher. Everyone. How many of y'all remember me telling you about going to the Coon Club? And they were heathens and sinners and ungodly and talked terrible. And I took three showers every night when I got home from there. And I never said nothing. I never preached at them. I never got on to them. I never told them to watch their language. I just waited. And then one night, we were sitting around the table with a whole pile of them. And they got to talking about this and that. And, and, and I don't even know how it got on the subject, but they looked at me and said, Preacher, what do you think? That was what I had been waiting on. And I gave it all to them. I'm talking about from Genesis to Revelation. Hell, fire, and brimstone. Revelation, tribulation, rapture of the church. Jesus is coming again. Some left. Some sweated. Some got saved. They said, we, we want to know what you think about this deal. Oh, boy. Paul was waiting on that. He, what did he say in his letter to Rome? What did he say in, 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 in Romans? He said, my heart's desire and prayer for Israel that they might be saved. He said, I'm ready. I'm ready to preach to you that are in Roma. Man, this was, he'd been wait, he'd been chomping at the bit to get here. Say amen. So first, look what he says. It says in, in, in verse, in verse uh, 22, and we desire to hear of thee what thou thinkest, for as concerning this sect, talking about Christianity, we know that everywhere is spoken against. He said, in other words, they're saying, all we've heard about it is the negative. And when they had appointed him a day, there came many to him into his lodging to whom he had expounded and testified the kingdom of God, persuading them. Say it with me. Say it again. Persuading them concerning who? Jesus. What did he do? Both out of the law of Moses and out of the prophets from morning till evening. Most scholars believe it was 12 straight hours. Paul went through the Old Testament. From the beginning to the end, preaching to them, Jesus, giving them the gospel, hammering it home. So what do we see in this explanation? In this explanation Paul gave, first there's an explanation of circumstances. Then there's an explanation of Christianity. He's preaching the gospel. He's doing what he's called to do. He's doing what God anointed him to do. He's preaching the gospel. Say amen. Now, here's the bad part. Verse 24. I hate this part. And some, some, and some believe the things which were spoken, and some believe not. No matter how much you try, no matter how much you cry, no no matter how much truth you give, no matter how sincere you are, some will and some won't. It's just a fact of life. Do we ever need to get over that? No. There have been times that people's left this assembly and they needed to. They needed to. The church needed them to. It would be better for them not to be here is what I'm trying to say. But there's never been a time that that's happened that it didn't tear my guts out. 
I guarantee you Paul understood and he knew the fact that some will believe and some won't. But every time some didn't, it killed him. Especially when his burden is so great that he said, he said, I basically, this is in simple terms. He said, I will, I will go to hell if it would save all of my countrymen. If it was possible to save all of my countrymen and me to lose my salvation so they could be saved, I'm willing to give that up. That's how seriously he took this. But some believed and some didn't. Now, watch what Paul has to say about that. He begins to quote Jesus and the Old Testament prophets. Or he's quoting the Old Testament prophets, which also Jesus quoted. It says, and when they agreed not among themselves, they departed. And after that, Paul had spoken one word. In other words, he begins to quote. And he said this was going to happen. Well, spake the Holy Ghost by Isaiah the prophet. Under our fathers. Look what he says. This is what Isaiah said about, about the Jewish people. Go unto this people and say, Hearing ye shall hear and shall not understand. Seeing ye shall see and not perceive. For the heart of this people is waxed gross and their ears are dull of hearing. And their eyes have they closed lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart. And should be converted and I should heal them. Be it known therefore unto you. That the salvation of God is sent unto the Gentiles. And they will hear it. And when he had said these words. The Jews departed. And had great reasoning among themselves. That's all they wanted to hear. We, we had... We had uh, in Bondo Church last night. We were we were talking about the light, and and it says that that people will not come to the light because their deeds are evil, but there'll be people drawn to the light to know that their their works are wrought in God. And 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 it seemed to permeate everybody in the room that God was telling us, "Be the light." Go tell somebody. Go share your story. Go share the gospel. And it didn't matter who was there. The baby Christian. The seasoned Christian. Whoever it was. We all have the same responsibility. And that's what Paul is saying. Is to be the light. And share the gospel. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Now watch. Now watch. Here's, here's what. I really. Everything got to this point. Paul's incarcerated. He is chained to a Roman soldier. 24-7. Y'all hear me? They, they had six-hour, uh, what would you call that? Rotations. Six-hour, what do you call it? Night sh- shifts, I guess. Shifts, there you go. Six-hour shifts chained to Paul. Can you imagine one telling the others coming on? Dude, he will never shut up. <laughs> I mean, he's constantly talking about this Jesus guy. I mean, it's over and over and over again. I mean, his people are just coming all hours of the day. I mean, they just never get enough of it. They just keep on coming and he just keeps on talking. Until, until he'd been there a while. And then the next one comes for his ship. So I tell you what, won't you, won't, won't you just go spend some time with your wife and, and I'll, I'll just take this next shift too. Because God begins to work in that heart. And he wants to hear a little more about what this man, this little bald-headed, bow-legged, bearded, big-nosed preacher got to say. And if some of y'all are wondering about that, I can tell you missed that lesson. Because Paul had an enlightenment. Remember what I said in the beginning? This is where we got to. Watch. We see, we see the encouragement Paul got. The explanation Paul gave. But I want you to see the enlightenment Paul grasped. 
Look in verse 30. And Paul dwelt two whole years in his own hired house. In other words, he had a house rented. And he received all that came in unto him. What was he doing? Verse 31. Come on, everybody. Come on. Preaching. Preaching. He had church every day, as they say in the hills. Every single day, he's preaching the gospel. Teaching those things which concern the Lord Jesus Christ with all confidence and what? No man forbidding him. He could just preach. Now, now, he's incarcerated. He can't go nowhere. He, he is in what? He's in chains. Now, we could look at that one way or another. We could focus on our change, or excuse me, our chains. Or we could see it like Paul saw it. I don't have to go to them. God's bringing them to. He didn't have to go find the sinner. They brought a new one to chain to him every six hours. Y'all with me? Watch, watch. This is great. This is great. Watch this. Paul kept open house and received anybody who wanted to discuss the things of the kingdom of God. He was chained to a guard who was relieved every six hours, who was forced to listen as Paul preached and taught and prayed. No wonder some of them were saved. During the two years in Rome, Paul wrote Philippians, Ephesians, Colossians, and Philemon. He expected to be released, as we see in those other verses. And most students agree that he was, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But look what it says in Philippians 1:12. But I would ye should understand, brethren... That the things which, now he's, he's writing this from Rome, from being in his chains. The things which happened unto me have fallen out rather unto the furtherance of the gospel. So that my bonds in Christ are manifest in all the palace. That's where Caesar is. Do you realize that if Paul the preacher went up and knocked on the palace door and said, I'd like to talk to those inside. He'd probably be executed. But the guards that are chained to him are the praetorian guards. It is the private security guards of the Caesar. Y'all are not getting what I'm putting out here. These are not just anybody that's chained to him. Watch. <laughs> They're getting saved. They're getting saved. In all other places. And he said, not only that, but many of the brethren in the Lord, waxing confident by my bonds, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. He says, because I'm in jail, it's making them bolder. He's enlightened. Watch this. Watch this. Last chapter of Philippians in this letter. Watch what he says. Salute every saint in Christ Jesus. The brethren which are with me. The brethren, that's safe folk, right? The brethren which are with me greet you. All the saints salute you. Chiefly, they that are of. Caesar had family members that got saved. Because of Paul's chains. We said. The first thought is. When we're talking about sharing the light. And being the light. And sharing the gospel. I don't, I, I don't, I don't get to see anybody. And we said. Been to Walmart. Been to McDonald's. Tractor Supply. Have you been around anybody? Now, some may not. You got a phone. 
I, I told the story before. Uh, Mr. Wisnet, not Mr. Wisnet, Mr. Dry, Roland Dry, Miss Susan Wisnet's daddy. We were there, I think it was a Thanksgiving, we were, we were up there. Somebody, the phone rang, and, and Susan said, Daddy, get that phone. He picked it up, hello. They asked for somebody, said, no, that's not the residence. I think you have the wrong number. And they said, okay, I'm sorry. Said, oh, 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 wait a minute, let's not waste this phone call. Do you know Jesus? How are you looking at your circumstances? I'm just chained. I'm just at home with these kids all day long. I can't. Well, you know, you know, Charles and John Wesley's mama had 19 youngins. Talk about a chain. But do you realize the ministry to two of those youngins in the home Almost turned the world upside down. They were the originators of the Methodist movement. And they were called Methodists because they were so methodical in their Bible study and presentation. She didn't look at having to stay there with them. She said, I'm going to minister where I am. I'm going to minister where I am. Paul's in chains, but what did he do? He had this enlightening thought. I can minister where I am. Have you ever thought about it? That God's got you where you are for a reason? That God makes no mistakes when he plants his flowers? Wherever he plants you, he expects you to bloom right where you're at. I'm going to say this one thing and we'll close. You can read the rest of it when you get home. In the notes. But look at me. I say this, y'all go to wrapping stuff up and looking down. Look at me. I'm two minutes over time. We have a family member. We have a family member in church that's in CRMC. I think he got to go home today. He was supposed to, maybe, possibly, but with the COVID. All right? Had double pneumonia with it. 85 years old. Okay? He was talking to my father. I was in the truck with dad. He had him on speakerphone. I was in the truck with dad on Monday, on Monday. And, and his wife called dad and said, hey, hey, uh, Don wants you to call him. Don wants you to call him again. Because my father had been on the phone with him earlier in the day and talked for like an hour because he was just real upset. I can understand. All right, he'd never been in a hospital. He wasn't even born in a hospital. Never been in a hospital before in his life. And now he has to be in one all by himself. Every time I've talked to him, he just cough every five seconds. <laughs> just a reoccurring, just cough, 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 cough. Well, it had really got to him. It really got to him. And he was just real emotional about it. And so he's talking to dad, and you know how dad is. He said, well, you ever, you ever thought God might have you there for a reason? That's just real compassionate, isn't it? <laughs> oh, I think so. He said, he said, God may have you there to witness to somebody. And make a long story short, they, they talked a while, and dad tried to encourage him. I don't know how that went, but... And so I'm riding in the car. I'm riding in the truck with dad. This is hours later. And his, his wife calls dad or, and says, hey, Don wants you to call him back. And I said, okay, okay. So he calls him back and he's got him on speakerphone. I'm hearing the conversation. And between every other cough, he says, I asked the nurse. I asked the nurse if she got to go to church anywhere. She says, no, I don't, I, don't, I don't get to go to church. She asked him, where do you go to church? He said, I go to temple. And she said, well, I've heard about temple. And I tell you what, on my first day off, I think I'm going to go and visit temple. Really? The next one come in. Next nurse. He says, you get to go to church anywhere? She says, I sure do. He says, where do you go? She said, temple. <laughs> and he was just so excited. Where do you sit? 
Well, that's close to where I sit. And the second phone call was way different than the first. Because he looked at his chain a little differently. He didn't look at it as a problem. He didn't look at it as a burden. He looked at it as a blessing in disguise. And all God's people see it. Let's bloom where we're planted. You're where you're supposed to be for a reason. Let's, let's show them Jesus wherever we're at.